latest from Scotston. This is the Glasgow Warriors official podcast with Jack and Ashy. Good evening. Good evening. Hello, everyone. Look at this. What a turnout we've got here. Thank you so much for coming down to this members event. Thank you to the Drygate Brewery and everyone at Tenants for having us. Uh, just run you through what we've got on in store for you this evening. I'm going to invite up co-captain Ryan Wilson, assistant coach Kenny Murray and Petrus Duplessis very shortly. I'm going to ask them a couple of questions, but while I'm doing that, I'd like you to think of some questions, because then we'll open it to the floor and we'll answer some of them. And then Petrus is going to stay up here and he's going to give you a bit of a scrum masterclass, which when I spoke to him earlier, he described as describing how scrums are really sexy, so that should be really interesting. <laughs> But without further ado, please welcome Kenny Murray, Ryan Wilson and Petra Stupid C. That Six Nations period, while the world is looking at international rugby, we're still going and it was a, well it was an amazing stage of games for us, wasn't it? We did really well. You as coaches must have been really pleased with the results we got. Yeah, obviously it's, it's a huge part of the season for us. Um, when we look at the season, we, we block games off in terms of you know, what players have got playing when. And we know that at this stage, you've got a lot of your, your, your big guns, if you like, unavailable for a long period of time. So one of the things we did this year, we did it over the last um, few years, I suppose, as well, is we, we almost made this like a mini-season. So those four games that we played in the Six Nations window made that a bit of a mini-season, so the boys involved in that group had a real focus in terms of how many points we could get and, and games we needed to win. So over the, the four games and the maximum of 20 points we managed to get 19, as you guys would probably know. So that, that's an outstanding achievement for us. Um, over the last three years before this season, I think we've only won half our games during that window. So for the boys involved to get 19 out of 20 points was excellent. And, and we, we said this every week in the build-up to, to the games, like that, that this would be the defining moment in the season. Because if we lost those games, or they're under real pressure, but honestly playing so well. So we've got to get out the guys that, that played in that window and have got us in a really good position. What are, the, um, what are the main challenges as a coach when you've got a diminished group of players, a slightly more inexperienced group of players? Do you have to ch- how do you change things up? Different leaders within the group? What, what are your challenges? Yeah, we've obviously got our, our leaders group that, that guys that Ryan are involved in. Um, but when we get to those Six Nations window, we, we change that leaders group a bit. So we have a Six Nations leaders group where we might bring in guys that are not normal in the leaders group, but people will be really important for us. So maybe some younger players, guys like Brandon Thompson, who's been a lot at 10 during this window, he came into the leaders group as well, because those are the boys that are, are going to be leading at the training and then obviously leading the game. So that, that's one thing we've, we've done. Um, obviously you have to manage your training a lot differently as well. Um, we go from having 40 plus players to only having maybe 20 odd players for a training session. So that then becomes quite difficult in terms of the content of your training. It also comes difficult in terms of how much contact you can do because when you've only got maybe a couple of players left in a position you don't want to get any injuries and you're in a struggle streak. Especially when these boys all get injured playing for Scotland. Um, so, so you've got to manage the content, the, the contact element of it as well and just make sure you're, you're a bit more um, 
quite more focused. But I'm real attention to detail around that area um, so that the boys involved in the games, one of the things that really impressed us was guys like um, well, Brandon Pollock, for example, Stafford Nadell. They had the attention to detail to make sure they were, they were hitting the nail and hitting the player that was outstanding. So, um, and also, you know, those young players playing as well, giving them an opportunity to you know, be involved in those groups, but then also playing rugby. Um, I think you know, guys like Tom Godwin coming through playing in the back row, Stafford as I touched on, uh, guys like Gary Wilshich up to the club as they move forward. Ryan, you've been at Scotston slightly more than you'd have liked during this period. Can you update us on the injury, how are you feeling, and what's it like for you kind of watching everyone else train? You strike me as someone who doesn't deal with that very well, you'd much rather be out there. Yeah, no, I don't deal with it very well. Um, but listen, all part of the, part of the job and uh, you've got to get on with it. Um, but yeah, I've spent a little bit of time in there. Obviously, after the Ireland game, came back and uh, had an operation, but being around the boys and um, it's been a good place, you know, as, as Kenny touched on, it's it's crazy to see, you go up to the meeting rooms, for example, which is usually filled with 40-odd players, and, and there's boys scattered about the place because there's so many away with uh, Scotland and injured at the moment as well. So, um, listen, the boys have done fantastic over that that period, and uh, looking forward to seeing them kick on over the next few weeks. You were in Twickenham on Saturday. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Firstly, how did you get in? <laughs> you see your glasses. Yeah. And then Is that the, why you wanted the, to borrow them? The nose and the moustache. What I said then, straight through the doors. No, apparently no one knows why I'm down there anyway. Oh. Right, <laughs> How was that game? Um, a rollercoaster of emotions, I imagine. And tell us what you can about the night out afterwards. <laughs> Back, <laughs> uh, no, listen, um, I'm sure everyone in this room watched that game and um, yes, I only had my, my hands over my face, uh, 31 nil down, um, but it was just an incredible game. I've, I've never ever seen a game of rugby like that in my life and uh, I've never seen a, a team pull it back like that and also a team capitulate quite like that. Like it's more enjoyable seeing Scotland play so well or England do so crap. <laughs> and as I, I, I haven't caught, I guess, most of the weekend with a Scottish accent. <laughs> I should have said that in a special shape. <laughs> but no, it was, uh, it was incredible. And I see some of the boys um, from Glasgow, especially the likes of Sam Johnson. I mean, that's probably the best. Tetris, <laughs> you know lots of those England players very well from your time at Saracens. We're going to be going up against them in a couple of weeks. How are they going to respond to a game like that? Are they going to be motivated by that? Or will there be something in the back of their mind that actually these guys can beat us? And I, I, like I said to Ryan, a lot of times last time we played them, you get under their skin, especially those England guys, you can really rattle them. And once they're rattled, they start doing all sorts of things that they don't want to do. And I think, you know, for us, the way that we prepare... Uh, not only this week, but going into next week, we we will focus on 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 getting our um, our, our set pieces and our attack plays and defence and everything wide, so that we can get under their skin. And you can you saw how they they sometimes can fall under pressure like this weekend. That's what we need to recreate. Um, so I think yeah, it's going to be a fantastic game down there, and I'm looking forward to it. And I can't wait for us to smash them. <laughs> Thank you.
before that game, we're back in Guinness Pro 14 action, Kenny. The Cheaters at home, what are we expecting from them? They're, there's tries when we play the Cheaters, which must frighten you as a defence coach. I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> uh, they're probably one of the most dangerous teams in the league. Um, as you know, the players have got um, very, very quick across the team, particularly the back three. Um, or two winners score tries in their own five metre level, and just a metre of space, and they, they can hurt you. So we expect the staff and have played them over there as well. So our defence this week will need to be excellent. Um, their, their tries, I think they've scored 14 tries this year from turnovers. So opposition losing the ball without getting it. Um, and I think the average only is only about seven. So that shows you how, how dangerous they are from turnovers. So a big part of, of our rugby this week will be about protecting the ball, not giving the ball away cheaply. Um, and knowing that if we do that, we could run that a bit of trouble. Um, they're a strong team, big men up front, um, physical, um, enjoy the scrum, Petrus obviously knows, um, and they enjoy driving in the line out, so they've got a real balance to their game, they've got that physicality up front, and they've got the ability to help you out wide. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough game, they've played pretty well recently, they lost 19-7 away to Leinster, if anybody can go to Dublin and, and, and keep the score relatively tight, he's obviously doing something right, so we need to prepare well this week, make sure we're, we're, we're keep the ball and make sure they defend well when we have to. And you coaches must have a real selection headache now with these guys having played so well over the Six Nations period and then all the Scotland internationals come back in. How do you manage that when it comes to picking a team for this game? Yeah, it's, it's always an interesting one um, post Six Nations. Um, I suppose this, this week some guys will be rested, um, some guys will be able to, to play because they didn't play as much game time in uh, the Six Nations as maybe they would expected. I think we're only three guys starting at the weekend, um, which is not a lot for us normally. So we always have some guys come back in. Um, a lot of tough decisions, but we need to have our Saracens head on as well looking forward to next week and who may be involved against Saracens. So there's a few guys possibly that haven't played a lot of rugby up until this week and to get that game time against the Cheetahs, um, who may be in the contention next week to play against uh, Saracens in the European Cup. So um, there's been a few tough conversation today, we spoke to a few players, a few guys that maybe have played during that Six Nations window for us, but aren't going to be selected in. I mean, players are always going to be disappointed that they get it, they know that you know, we've got a strong squad, we've got a strong group of players, and you know, they get constructive feedback of what they need to do to improve their game before they, um, before they get selected or not. So I think that's testament to the leaders and the, the guys as well, that you know, whether you're selected or, or, or deselected, the guys really work hard to stick together. And I know you can have a disappointment in one when you get to the and then everybody just gets on with it. Well, Ryan, you've experienced that firsthand this season. During the, the autumns, you were away with Scotland and Adam Ash was filling the number eight shirt. And when you came back, he was selected ahead of you. How did you deal with that as one of, oh, obviously as captain of the club, how did you deal with that? Yeah, listen, we, um, we, we put a huge emphasis on saying to these, these guys that when players were over Scotland, all the test, Six Nations, that they're, they're, they're doing a job, and if, if they do their job well, then we've got to select on merit. And uh, and that was one of the things that happened when I came back in. And listen, as a captain, but I suppose the sort of player I am, you know, you've just got to let it go and, and realise that, you know, there's nothing personal. Ashley was going so well, and he was playing really well, and, and he deserved that spot to uh, to start ahead of me. And, and he, he did fantastically well doing that. And this is what Dave's always saying to the boys is, listen, if you, if you go well, we're going to pick on merit. And it doesn't matter whether you're a Stuart Hogg or whether you're one of the co-captains of the team, you take it on the chin because you can't talk about something, half on about it, and then, and then not follow up with it. 
So um, as Kenny said, the boys are pretty good. And anything like that, you know, as the boss says, you can be disappointed, but when you get out on the training field, you're there to do a job, and that's to prepare the first team um, for the match coming out that week. So did that as best as I could, and, uh, and yeah, that's it's good to me. You've played against these South African sides. Um, is it as tough as Kenny says on the lungs with them just playing from here, there, and everywhere? How, what's it like to play against? Uh, I can talk about the Cheaters game. That, that's something that we're playing over there. Um, it, it's completely different because of the, uh, the conditions of the altitude. But yeah, they, they've got a mixture of absolute giants, typical South Africans, and then these guys that are just lightning quick. And you saw that you know, with the Kings as well. Um, they're, they're, they're a dangerous team when you give them ball. Um, and, you know, we're going to build into the Saracens week nicely because we're making a big focus on that, looking after the ball, not giving it away. And that's what we've got to do against Saracens. We've got to make sure we keep hold of the ball, we control the tempo. So, you know, part of the plan this week, we'll, we'll move swiftly into next week against Saracens. Uh, Kenny, how much do you as coaches keep an eye on the standing of things? Conference A, looking at Munster's running and our running. Have you thought... We need to do this, this, and this in these final games. That should be enough. Or are you just thinking win every game and the rest will take care of itself? <coughs> For me, it's pretty straightforward. Um, look at Munster Warren compared to other, and I think we've got much tougher uh, run of games. So we need to win all games. Um, and obviously, first and foremost, win the game, but obviously, try and win the game as well. Um, I think Munster play Zebra, I think it is, this week. So we anticipate that we find points in that at home. Uh, they do have to go at Treviso, which I think could be an interesting game for them. Um, and I think they also play Connor. So there'll be some tough games, but you know, we have we do have another game with Cheetahs at home, who are dangerous as Ryan and I touched on. And then we've got big, big games against Ulster, Leinster and the old enemy from uh, along the motorway who will not manage to beat this season. So I think it's gonna be a really intriguing end to the season. Um, you know, if we can keep winning, we'll get that three point advantage. Um, I think the other conference could be right down to the last game, the way those games are, because you know, Treviso are 12 points ahead of Edinburgh, but Treviso have still got Munster and Leinster to play in the next four games, so you know, anything can happen for them in those games, so I think that will narrow up even more. So I suppose as much as coaches, you're always looking at, OK, if we finish top, it's fine, we shoot into the semi. If we finish in that second spot, then who are we going to play in the quarter playoff? Ryan, where would playing in Glasgow in a Pro 14 final rank in your Glasgow Boys career, do you think, if we got there? Oh, it would be everything, wouldn't it? And that's why I think you looked at the beginning of the season when we found it out and said, well, this has to be our year, you know, we've, we've got to make sure in that final, um, you know, not just for all the work that the team put in, but to make sure that you guys and uh, all the fans in Glasgow get to enjoy a good day out. And I know there'll be a few um, boys that won't like it as much. Johnny Gray's a die-hard Rangers fan, so he's, uh, he's got a couple of issues with it. <laughs> We're working on it. Um, my team's Motherwell, so I've not got many <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we were, um, no, we're excited. It will mean everything, won't it? Because having, having the final in Glasgow at Parkhead will be a pretty special day. Well, that's quite enough from me, so if anyone has a question out there, do raise your hand, and I think if we just shout it out, we should be able to hear you up here. Go ahead. There's one mainly for Ryan. Um, if you'd been lucky enough to be playing on Saturday, uh, when it was 31-0, uh, what was your mindset? I've been there, you know, I was there um, two years ago, when we were 31-0 down, yeah. and, and it carried on coming. 
so um, listen, my mindset, you know, it's a difficult one, especially the leader. You, you're trying to control the guys, and as uh, as these teams are running in tries, you're under the post, and you're you're trying to find things to try and spin a positive on, and it is difficult at times. And um, as everyone spoke about, the, the swing of momentum is massive, and as soon as we came out, I mean that that try from Stuart McAnally um, was brilliant, and it, it almost just started something off. And and I know you know I've heard a few things um, with what was said in the changing rooms, but. Greg told the boys, listen, go out there and win the second half. Go out and win the second half, and we'll see how we go. And we, we did that, didn't we? We came out, and uh, I know it was a rocky five minutes to start with, but then once that momentum swung, it, it, was just, uh, it was just an incredible thing to see. So for me, it's just trying to find the positives, going back to basics, not panicking, and um, the boys did that, and um, the likes of Finn Russell really pulled out of the bag. This is the Glasgow Warriors official podcast. Um, again, it's, um, I don't know the day actually about England, um, Eddie Jones, I don't know if anyone read it, but they've had a guy in helping him a bit, a guy from Rub the League, just on um, sports ecology. Um, but he's, that today from Eddie Jones is saying they're up until the World Cup, they're going to bring a sports ecologist in to work with players. Um, just basically on dealing with choking because obviously the game at the weekend, <laughs> the, the game at the weekend, they completely choked uh, when things are going against them. It's, it's almost not the first time that's happened to them. So, um, sports psychology is usually, um, I think the All Blacks are the same guy, I think it's Gilbert Anoka has been, been involved in All Blacks for goodness knows how long. Um, a lot of sports teams have got folk in, but maybe not full time. How we do it in Glasgow is if we feel there's a, a player that maybe would benefit from sports psychology, then we provide that, that assistance for the player. Um, I think it's important to try and get the right sports psychologist though. Um, there are a lot of guys out there, I suppose, that you know, probably what I would call the book sports psychologist, but they're really looking for somebody that can get a relationship with a player, find out you know, what makes them tick, what doesn't. So the massive part of the game, you talk about you know, the top sort of two inches and the difference between winning and losing at times. So, you know, I think if you want to be successful in elite sport, then you need to make sure you get that, that north of your players. So I think it has something we've spoken about over the last year, we need to really improve. Um, and we, we had someone over helped us out a wee bit during the season. Um, but again, it's something we just need to improve. Well, we had, we had David Galbraith at the start of the season, didn't we, Ryan? And he had Nico up singing to everyone before every meeting. Got to lift spirits. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, it wasn't to lift spirits. It was to try and take the players out of their comfort zone so we had to sing at full power every morning in, uh, well, a Fijian song. <laughs> well, you've, got an, you've got an audience. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember the words. Um, Did you find that useful, though, having... Singing Fijian songs? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, listen, I'm not one to shy away from the limelight, am I? I don't mind, that. I don't mind a, bit of sing, a bit of a sing song. So, um, and he was, he was actually a really good bloke, really funny guy. And uh, he says it how he is. I, I won't swear too much and uh, go and have Dave explain him because it's quite rude. But this guy, uh, but he talked about, you know, um, being on the, the edge of the envelope and how when you're in training, you know, you've got to test yourself and don't be scared to fall off the other side of it, you know, because. Making mistakes is, is obviously what makes you a better player. So, and finding that fine line so when you bring it to the game day, um, you can you can fly the edge of the envelope is what you used to call it. 
and, and not make these mistakes. So Dave, Davis is watching a few different videos, eh? We've been watching some complete nutter climbing up um, yeah. a cliff face this week. Can I explain that one, Ken? Because yeah, it's a, 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 a If you don't like heights, don't, don't watch this video. Um, so it's a guy who's managed to um, climb one of the highest um, peaks in the world, um, but did it without any ropes, any support. So he, he, he trained for it with the ropes, and then he, he did it without any ropes. So I'm trying to get the guy's name, get Jeremy to post it, but it's a video that is astonishing. It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix, a documentary made about him. So he managed to basically scale this um, mountain. The official Glasgow Warriors podcast. When he was here, so we did a so we did a, a pre-season thing in John Chapel Pool. So John yes, John Chapel Pool. Uh, the, the biggest thing we did was to get somebody to watch the Mercedes cars in the car park. <laughs> I've never seen so many guys go swimming with their wallets. <laughs> but um, we, did a, so we got all the players in the, in the water. Um, and basically, we had to tread water for 45 to 50 minutes. Oh, no, we didn't know, did we? We, we, didn't, we had didn't no know idea how long we were going to go. didn't know how long we were going to go for, so we knew it was going to be roughly 50 minutes. So, obviously, the boys in the water started treading water. We threw a few rugby balls in, so we had to keep the balls above the water. Um, but some of the boys really struggled, so some of the, the Islander boys who are, are more used to doing that sort of stuff, they really toiled, so it was about how they helped each other and how they could try and just work together to keep these, keep these guys alive. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we had a few of them that were starting to just win them and walk them up and down. Um, it was really good, but just, you know... How was it? How was it watching? We just let guys realise that you know they could do it, push themselves and other people around them help them. I found it pretty good actually. I did a lot of downhill skills on that. Were your pyjamas in the pool? So we've probably got time for one more question, guys, before we hand over to Petrus' sexy scrums. If we go just down here. It went alright so we both got bloody injured. <laughs> um, no, it's been it's been easy. It's been easy. He's, he's a great guy, and you know most of you have met him. Um, easy, easy guy to get on with. And as I said, you know he shares the best interests of uh, of the club. And and as I say on the field, you know you usually know the way you're going. Um, well, usually these guys are shouting up, shouting in someone's ears to shout in our ears to tell us what to do. And do I actually read it usually on the water against Ireland. It's just so far as you join the pitch. <laughs> I don't think I have to use a wheelchair. How do you find doing the water with Dave in your ear? What's he like watching a game? Some of you will have heard Kenny during a game if you sit in the main stand. Oh, well, if you sit anywhere in the stadium, you hear Kenny during the game. <laughs> <laughs> but what's Dave like during a game? Is it. What, what, what messages has he given you if you're running water? He, uh, he pretty much just commentates. He, he, just commentates <laughs> he just literally commentates exactly what's going on, why we should have done this, and he's just constantly talking in our ears. And it's quite good to have a player doing it. You know, we mixed it up. Um, but I, I personally think having a player do it is, is most important. Um, because some of the messages, uh, they just tell Mainy to do this. That's not going to help him. <laughs> <laughs> he tells Ant 
Sandra put his finger in his ass. <laughs> Sandra, keep your hand in my drawer. You could be off for 10 minutes. You might not go on the park for 10 minutes because there's not been a break to play. So within that 10 minute period, they probably give you about 25 messages. So it's like, oh, what one do you actually give them? The last one? Yeah, no, it's difficult. He does he, exactly that. I think it was a, a game against Cardiff. I think 20 minutes went past and we didn't go on once. And he yeah, literally gave me 20 messages. So it's siphoning it all down. But obviously, when a player talks to the boys as well, so you know when, when things aren't going well or, or a message comes on, it probably helps from a player, um, you know, if it's from someone that's, you know, not used to being on the park anymore, knowing how it feels, um, you know, they can get a little bit distance from actually what the boys are thinking. So for us, it's quite good as players being able to speak to the guys in the field and give them the messages that we think are important. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm keen for Saracens running more. We'll walk more if I pick up my lap. <laughs> <laughs>